people all over the world. Good afternoon, good evening, to wherever you are and whatever time it is in New York City. It's the morning, eight in the morning, and a friend of mine just, she's about to board the plane back to, where is she going? Russia? She's going back to Russia. And he's so adorable. He texted me and he told me how devastated he was that he's going back. He was doing an intern he was doing an internship here in New York City. And I think one of the amazing things about New York City is because we have so many people, New York City has this intense energy that it's just it's so infectious. At times you absolutely hate it. Maybe because the people walk too slow sometimes or it's too congested but then it's it's almost like a a love-hate relationship because sometimes you hate it it's kind of like going to the gym i enjoy going to the gym but sometimes i hate it and i literally need to talk to myself and tell myself and coach myself and say put on your gym clothes let's go and that's literally what I say to myself in my head I know sometimes I'm a little crazy and but New York City has this infectious energy that's so intoxicating it makes you want to do more it makes you want more push more give more and then you get tired and then you need a vacation but then when you come back from vacation you're more than happy to get right into the grind because New York City is one of the greatest cities in the world. With all due respect to everyone else, it's not for everybody. But when they say that there is no city like New York City, they are 100% correct. So on to what we're going to talk today about the law of attraction. Whether some of you think that it's real or it's not real. What the law of attraction basically is, it's how your thoughts can become things and how you attract things based off of the things that you're thinking. And some of you may be thinking, well, how can I possibly monitor my thoughts? But I want to break it down a little bit more because I know that there's been so many books that have spoken about the law of attraction and I think that every book gives a different perspective to it just a, they write it in a different way and nobody gives a concrete one two three points about it some books say well <clears throat> if you look in the mirror and you tell yourself with positive affirmations I am fit, I am fit, I am fit, and you will then be fit. No, that's not really true. There's, there's beliefs that have to come behind it. So, when you think about the law of attraction, and you think about what it is that you want in your life, right? Because let's just break it down. The law of attraction works based off of a burning desire an unshakable burning desire. A desire that you know it can be attained, you don't know how, but no matter what, it's gonna work. 
you absolutely know it without without the shadow of a doubt it's this unwavering confidence that you have in this belief that you will attain it and that is the law of attraction in its highest vibration in its best that is when you'll attain it and with that comes a lot of different things it comes what comes with it is persistence determination an unwavering length of determination because there is no timeline in terms of when you'll get it and it all depends on your level of belief in yourself so I'll give you an example when I was eight years old I started Polynesian dancing so if you've ever been to Hawaii and you see the girls dancing on stage or dancing at the luau's and then the drum beats start start and then they come and they shake their hips really quickly well that was my passion technically it's called Tahitian dancing because it originates from Tahiti but I wanted my goal was to be the best Tahitian dancer that was my goal and I was obsessed and when I say obsessed I mean it was I was absolutely obsessed with it I knew every drum beat combination known I would listen to it constantly I would practice constantly I would dance to the refrigerator I would dance cleaning the car my father would come home he would leave the house for work he would come home and he would still hear drumbeat because I was so determined to be the best I would study the best on videos I would study the best dancers that I admired on videos I would watch what one did I would watch what the other did in my my whole style and how it is that I learned how to dance was I wanted to be a combination of the two dancers that I admired the most. One had this beautiful finesse. Her dancing was effortless. Her hip and shoulder isolation was seamless. Nothing would move. You wouldn't even know that her hips was moving a thousand miles per hour because her shoulders were so still. It was beautiful watching her dance. She was so elegant. Yet she was so amazing. She was such an incredible dancer. Her name was Elise Donadan and she was from California. The most beautiful dancer, smooth, effortless, just absolutely incredible dancer. Another dancer who was from Hawaii, her name was Elise, not Elise Donadan, um, Agnes Donadan and she was such a powerful dancer when she would when the way that she would hit every single move with her hips the amount of power that she had in her legs the amount of strength that she had in her legs you could tell that when she was coming in she was like a hurricane and she was there to destroy and win and i love that about her dancing and so i studied both of them I would watch videos right before I went 
to bed. I would watch videos of the best Tahitian groups in Tahiti <clears throat> that won numerous competitions. I would study their routines. I would learn their moves. I would watch all their dancers. I would pick out the best dancers. And I would do that not every day, but maybe every other day, right before I went to bed. That was one of the things that I would do. So I had this unwavering passion and dedication and determination and just pure love. I loved it. When I heard Tahitian beats coming on and I heard there's one of the, not drums, it's called a toere. A toere is basically, it's a type of wood that's been hollowed out that they use in order to make the drum beats. And whenever I heard that toere, and they all have different depths of sound, if you're a creative person and you enjoy dance and you enjoy music, this is such a beautiful cultural sound when it comes together. And it's just infectious. It makes you want to stand up. It makes you want to dance. And although I learned how to dance hula, it just didn't, it didn't touch my heart. And it didn't get me excited the way that Tahitian dancing did. And so I became extremely obsessed with it. And I wanted to be the best. And I wanted to be the best. And there wasn't anything else in my mind at the time that that convinced me that I couldn't be the best. And I remember I told my mom, I remember being outside of my house when I was like, I don't know, nine years old. And I forget what we were talking about exactly. But I told her, I said, I want to be the best Tahitian dancer. And she said, well, you know, that's going to be really difficult. And I think that when you're younger and when you're really passionate about something and when you really love something, that word difficult doesn't even exist because you kind of keep trying and trying and trying and trying until you get it. And then when you get older, this thing called doubt comes into our minds. And you're like, geez, doubt? Why did I have to become familiar with you when I got a little bit older? But when you're younger, Failure, it's almost like failure doesn't exist. It means that you didn't get it this time, but you're going to do it next time. And when she told me, well, it's going to be difficult, I shook it off like I didn't even hear her. I said, no, I'll be the best. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and she said, okay. And... I would practice day in and day out. I would think about dancing, eat dancing, dream dancing, sleep dancing. I mean, just dancing was my obsession. So obviously you guys get the point here. But because it was in my thoughts and because this is what I wanted so bad, so bad, it was what I ended up attaining. I entered numerous competitions, many competitions. I was known on my island and throughout the dancing world as one of the best dancers. And I worked my ass off for it. 
but it wasn't work because I loved it. I have a flag. <laughs> I have a flag at, at this one competition, the main competition in Hawaii, that represents Tahiti. Because for three consecutive years, nobody could beat me. We all had different age categories, and you needed to win first place in your age category in a solo performance, which means that you don't know what beats they're gonna play, and there are a whole bunch of moves that you need to do, and you need to have showmanship, so you need to make it look effortless, and you need, you need to make it look like a routine, but it wasn't a routine. Even another performance that I have on YouTube, if somebody were to ask me when I was giving away my crown for Miss Kauai, if somebody were to ask me, Shauna, do this routine over again, I can't do it for you. Because that routine wasn't a routine. It was the way that I was trained to dance in order to perform. It's something that comes out organically. And whatever it is, I always hope that it's a good performance. But I've practiced at it so many, for so many years Every performance that I do, it's almost like a, a unique finger stamp. That is my stamp for the night. And hopefully it came out really nice and I'll watch it later to find out. Because obviously as I'm going through these, as I'm going through the dance, I'm not able to see what it looks like from the audience. But when I'm dancing, I feel it. When I'm dancing, I am in my own element. When I'm on stage, I'm in my own element. It's the element of flow. It's the element of being. And everybody wins in their age category. And then they take the first place of all winners. The first place of all age categories. And they make you compete at the end. And then they bring out the last year's overall winner, the title holder, and they make her compete with everyone. So after they do that, then they call you back up. And then they call you back up again. And then you come back up again. And you don't know every single time that they keep you on that stage. You don't know how long you have to dance for. And you must push all the way through because they're testing your stamina because that's one of the elements that they want to see they're testing your stamina they want to see what dancer is the best dancer because the best dancer can not only hit all the moves put together a seamless performance have showmanship but she also has endurance she can outlast everyone and I never analyzed these because my passion and my burning desire to be the best was so strong I just thought to myself anybody else who gets on that stage with me they're not nearly as good as me they don't want it as bad as me they don't work as hard as I do they're not gonna beat me no one will ever beat me and that is the level of confidence that I had because my passion was so strong it was an unwavering confidence. It was an unwavering determination. And until I got a little bit older, I didn't even think about that. I didn't, I didn't analyze that because that was just my way of being. 
whenever I went into anything, I always thought to myself, I'm gonna win. It was never, oh, maybe I'm gonna win. I'm gonna do my best. No, I'm gonna do my best and I'm gonna win. Every pageant that I entered, even when I entered in my first Polynesian dance competition, what was my driving factor? They were giving away Tahitian pearls. And I know some of you must think, well, you could just go and buy a pearl. Yeah, you could go and buy it. But the value that you get from earning something is worth more than money. So if I just went out and bought a pearl, it wouldn't mean as much to me in opposed to me earning it because it's a symbol. It's a symbol that I was the best. It was a symbol of all my hard work. It was a symbol of my determination. And it was proof that if I really put my all into it, I am capable of whatever it is that I want to get. And so in this competition, I needed to do that three consecutive years in a row in order to hold my title. So that means for three years in a row, the first year I needed to compete, I needed to win my age category, and then I needed to beat the overall winner, the previous overall winner, who was my previous teacher. And she was the person who taught me how to dance. Can you just imagine trying to like mentally compete against your teacher? But the funny part is I didn't pay attention to oh my God, this is my teacher. I'll never be able to beat her. No, that wasn't, that wasn't in my mind at all. All I thought about was, it's my turn to dance. This is what I came here to do. Let's do it. And then when they brought everyone out, She danced on the opposite side of the stage because they bring us all out together. She danced on the opposite side of the stage. I I was on another side of the stage. So to me, it's like she didn't even exist. I wasn't here trying to pay attention to her. I was here trying to win. I was here trying to do my best, trying to show the judges that I am the best. So you see, you cannot let your mind especially when you're in a competing arena, you cannot let your mind get deterred by the competition. You gotta run your own race. You need to focus on you. Because when you take that focus off of yourself and you, take, and you put your focus on someone else, that is when those doubts come into play. Now, you can look at it in terms of strategy, But if you look at it, if you compare yourself to someone else and it makes you lower the level of confidence that you have, then that is not good. If you're using that in order to be better and there's something that you admire about someone else and you wanna be better than them or you you wanna be just like them, 
and you think it's going to elevate your confidence that you have, then I think that it's a great idea that you study that person, that you learn from that person. But if how you feel about them lowers your confidence, I'm never going to be as good as that person. Look at this person. They're they're just so amazing. I'm never going to be as good as this person. Well, you see, now law law of attraction comes into play. Look at, listen to what it is that you're telling yourself. I'm not going to be as good as this person. Says who? Who? Who determines that? Oh, I can't do this. Oh, this person graduated from Harvard. They graduated from Wharton. And so what is your point here? Yes, they are equipped with better skills than you because of the way that they teach there. The way that they teach their students to think is essential. But it doesn't mean that you can't go and take classes at Harvard. It doesn't mean that you can't take classes at Wharton. It doesn't mean that they are better people than you. There is something that you have that is better than them because that is the, we all as as human beings have unique qualities in ourselves that make us who it is that we are. No one person is great at everything. There will always be other people that will excel in certain areas than we do. And that's a great thing because then it leads to personal development, whether it's in your personal life or it's in your professional life. Embrace your weaknesses and embrace other people's strengths. Where that is your weakness and that is somebody else's strength, learn from them. Don't look down on yourself because of it. And you see, this is what the law of attraction is about. It's a combination of things. It's a combination of thoughts combined with a deep burning desire combined with a rooted belief that it is possible and an unwavering work ethic in order to obtain it. With the patience to know that no matter how long it takes, it will come. That is the law of attraction at its finest. And you need to pay attention. You need to pay attention to what is around you. If you have negative energy and you embody negative energy and you think that you think to yourself, I'm never going to get this. Now this becomes your beliefs. But if he, if you think to yourself, it doesn't matter what others say, I will prepare myself as much as possible in order to obtain what it is that I want. And sometimes you can go general or you can go very specific. If you go very specific, you then need to pay attention to the opportunities that start to arise. It may be something that's a little bit different. Maybe you want to earn 
$200,000. But in your current profession, you're unable to earn $200,000. You don't know how it's going to work because knowing how it's going to work is not your job. Your job is to know what it is that you want, to have a burning desire for it, to have a deep-seated belief that you're going to attain it, and to wait patiently and to be aware on when it's going to show up. Because it could show up in a whole bunch of different ways. It could show up in a different career path. And then you could say, oh, Shauna, it's so funny because, you know, I wanted $200,000, but in my current situation, I didn't feel like I could get... 200,000 because of my salary and then this other opportunity came towards me and then who knows six months time one year time you manifested a $200,000 salary maybe speaking at seminars maybe pursuing YouTube the timeline that is the tricky part because you need to understand that the timeline is depending on what it is that you want the timeline will come will come into effect and you you may need to be a little patient jim carrey for instance jim carrey would drive up and look at all of the homes in california i forget exactly what place you can look it up on YouTube. But he used to drive up and look at all the homes and he would act as if he had all those things. He wrote a specific sum of money that he would attain before a certain date. And I believe he gave himself maybe anywhere between three and five years. And right before he attained it, his role for Dumb and Dumber. Right before he obtained it, he got the role for Dumb and Dumber. How crazy is that, right? You think you're like, wow, this is insane. But when it starts to happen to you, and when you start to notice certain things shifting, that is when you'll start to believe. Some people do this unconsciously, which is the reason why some people you think that person is just a lucky person. No, they're not just a lucky person. They're using this method unconsciously because of the way that they're naturally wired. And then you may think to yourself, well, geez, that's unfair. Unfortunately, sometimes that can be unfair, but it doesn't mean that you can't learn it and practice it with small things. Try to manifest a job promotion. Try to manifest some money. And remember, whatever you give, you get. Whatever energy you embody, you get. Whatever you believe you'll have, you'll have, which goes for positive and negative. I'll never get a good guy. Well, do you really believe that? Everybody keeps leaving me. Why do you believe that? Well, because that's what keeps happening. 
just because of what keeps happening, until you change your beliefs, nothing is going to change. Are there certain qualities that you're looking for in someone that you're attracted to that ends up being sabotaging to the relationship? Be a little bit more analytical about it. Do you believe that you deserve whatever it is that you want? Do you believe that life is unfair? Do you believe that in life you can have anything that you want? Are you grateful for what it is that you have? Do you constantly vibrate on a high frequency? Do you believe that everything always turns out okay? Or that this life is cold and harsh? I believe that there are certain people that attain a ridiculous amount of wealth, that have terrible stories, and I believe that those stories are meant to inspire others, which is the reason why they grew up with so much hardship, and through determination and persistence and a burning desire, they were able to attain what it is that they wanted. But I also believe that the divine, whether you believe in God or not, I do. I believe that God places talents in every one of us. We're not all meant to be superstars in the public eye. But we do have a talent. Some of us are more creative. Some of us are meant to act. Some of us are amazing at business. And we utilize these talents in order to have this functioning world that we have. But you need to know your talent. So this is my breakdown on how the law of attraction works. And if you're able to utilize all of these things in order to manifest the things that you want in life while holding a high vibration and letting go of doubt, no matter what you face. You will always face some level of adversity in your life. It's a part of the beauty in life. That's what makes life life. But you can always look at the cup half full. Depending on the way you look at it. Depending on your perspective. So whether or not you believe that the law of attraction is true, I want you to try it out. Listen to my podcast again. Listen to this episode again and write it down. They say to do affirmations in the morning so that you can prep your subconscious. And I think that what that does 
is it helps you to wire into your mind, this is what I want, this is what I can do, this is what I'm capable of. And when you do those things, it helps to eliminate doubt and reinforce the positive. I am able to do all things. I am able to do all things. You must feel it. I am able to do all things. There's a difference between feeling something and saying something. That's what makes actors really good. You're able to embody emotion. They're just given a script. But they turn those words into feelings. If you go to the movies and watch a movie and cry, none of that is real. They make it look real. You feel like it's real. I mean, you're crying. And that, that is one of the key emotions in the law of attraction. Whether it's the confidence to know that you're going to have it, or the feeling of knowing that I am going to be this one day. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I'm going to keep going at it and I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep doing everything that I need to do in order to obtain it. Clarity. You must be clear on what it is that you want. One of my friends, the quick story before I wrap it up. One of my friends is the best family office attorney in the U.S. Very difficult. When he was growing up and he was in college, he asked, he was asked, what do you want to be? And he said he wanted to be, I believe it's the top 10 lawyer among the top 10 lawyers in the United States. And one of his fraternity brothers said, let me see your schedule. Looked at his schedule and he said, there's there's no way that you're going to possibly get good enough grades in order to be the best. You need good grades in order to get to law school. So we're going to rearrange your schedule. So he rearranged his schedule. He knew that he needed to get good grades. He got good grades. He got into law school. Met this other person who said, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And he said, I want to be the top 10 attorney among the top 10 attorneys in the world, not the world, the United States. And this person said, well, in order to be among the top, let's see, was it 500? You need to be published. And if you want to be among the top 100, you need to be known for speaking events. You need to travel around and you need to be a notable speaker. And in fact, that's the funny thing. That's exactly where I met him. I met him at this speaking event that he was doing. And then all of these things started coming into his, into his life. Now, given it didn't happen tomorrow, 
But he had that burning desire in his heart. And he had his main desire to be the best. And all of the other things that he needed, along with hard work and persistence, start coming into his life to help him to attain it. Now given he still studied incredibly hard, he still needed to work very hard, but it just goes to show you that if you hold something in your heart with unwavering confidence and unwavering belief, and you and you add hard work, genuine hard work and persistence to it, that at some point in time, it will happen. The timeline. Because the timeline is indefinite. And you need to trust in the source. You need to trust in the process. And the trust is what makes people give up. I've been doing this for so long, I can't see how this will possibly work. Oh, well then now this is a problem because just think about, it's like cooking. Imagine you're cooking and say for instance, you're making a stew and a stew takes kind of long. But if you turn the stove off, at 15 minutes, logic is going to tell you the potatoes aren't cooked, the carrots aren't cooked, the meat isn't going to be really soft. It's not done yet. You can't serve this. So then you turn it back on. But now, because you turned it off, it's going to take longer to cook. This, this stew is like your desire. The fire turning on or turning off is the energy that you have. The energy that you're vibrating, your confidence, and your belief. When you turn that off, it stops the stew from being ready. It stops your desires from manifesting. So the key is to keep it on until it's ready. See, with a stew, you know how, obviously, it's, you know what the amount of time it's going to take in order for it to be ready. But depending on what you're trying to manifest, certain things happen sooner and other things take a little bit longer. If you're trying to be a billionaire, obviously, you're not going to be a billionaire in one year. But there have been people that have manifested winning the lottery. And that is a get-rich-quick scheme, which is very rare. And I repeat, very rare. I always get annoyed when I see these things on YouTube about, about oh, check me out in my Ferrari. And then now I think I've seen a new one. It's, hey, I'm getting out of my Ferrari. And then he makes a joke. He goes, no, that's my Prius. But what I can do is I can teach you how to have this online program. I'm like, stop, people. I can't right now. I just can't even deal with this. Or, oh, be a stay-at-home mom and make millions. Like, stop with these facades. There is no get-rich-quick scheme. 
there isn't. You may get lucky. You may get a quick break. But there is no get-rich-quick scheme. Without genuine hard work and persistence. But see, that's the reason why they say passion is important. Because when you have passion, hard work isn't hard work. But even when you're passionate about something, in all essence, it still is hard work. It's work. You just don't know it. It doesn't feel like hard work because you love what you're doing. And if you love what you're doing, then it's great. You know, some people say you need to have a work-life balance. You need to have a work-life balance if you feel like it's killing you. But who are we to judge those that genuinely enjoy the grind? They love it. They love being busy. They love being productive. Power to you. Who are we to say, oh, that person is a workaholic? If they love it, let people be what they want to be. Let them do what they want to do. If they want to be lazy, let them be lazy. Because the only person that is accountable and can be accountable is them. Now, when that person affects your life and it, and it happens in terms of partnership, well, then you need to collaborate together. Because now that's a partnership and it's a team effort and you have children, there are responsibilities. Or maybe you need to get a different team player. Maybe you need to get a stronger team player. I'm not advocating divorce. I'm just saying that if people want to work hard and they enjoy working hard, then they're following their passion. And that's great. And you need to find your passion. And you need to find what's going to make you driven. And you need to find your happiness. Whatever it is, if it's writing books, if it's painting, whatever it is that you want to manifest in life is possible. But you need to know that it's possible. And the law of attraction works. If you implement these steps, I use it all the time and it always works for me. And it's worked for many, many, many people. So I hope that you take this, even if you're a skeptic, try it out. See how it works for you. Because everybody is a skeptic until it works. Until they know of someone that uses it. But you see, people don't really talk about it that much. They don't talk about how to use it. Because they don't want others to think that they're crazy. But then when others look at their life, they're like, why is this person so lucky? What are they doing that I'm not doing? They could be doing this. But the question is, Are you open-minded enough to embrace what it is that they're doing? And if it could impact your life in a positive way and make your life better, then who the heck wouldn't do it, right? So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of How to Attract Love Abundance into your life. Make it fun. You can have anything that you want, but you must believe that you can have it. So until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. 
And I'm always here and I do this based off of a passion and a hobby to help to enrich the lives of others. And this is my way of impacting people on another level. Because when you can help to impact the lives of others, that is truly giving. And that is what we are put on this earth to do, to help others, to be a blessing unto others. So try this little exercise and come back and visit me next time. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day, everyone. Mahalo.